Today, many students go to college with numerous questions about their faith, yearning to know if the seed planted in them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared, fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. It is the perfect back-to-school gift for recent high school graduates and current college students. Get your copy for them today at patchworkheart.org or by calling 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278. Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Sowing Hope. I am Bill Snyder. It's great to be with you, and thank you so much for joining us uh, on today's podcast. I always want to remind you that you can reach out to us at sowinghope at patchworkheart.org. That's our email address if you want to be a guest or you like our program, you just want to say hello to Ann and myself. We both get the emails. So again, it's S-E-W-I-N-G, hope at patchworkheart.org. As always, I'm joined by my good friend, Ann DeSantis. Ann, how are you? And uh, welcome to this episode of Sewing Hope. That's right. 2022. Happy New Year, everybody. This is just our yeah. second or, or third episode of our new season uh, in 2022. We're, we're so blessed because we have an amazing guest for you this evening. We have Janine Zio, and I'd love to read you her bio. Uh, Janine is a retired homeschooling mom whose passion is encouraging devotion to Christ's real presence in the Eucharist. She has two grown sons and lives in South Carolina with her husband, Paul, and her dog, Tula. Though she savors her quiet time with the Blessed Sacrament, she also enjoys rowdy adventures. She travels throughout the Southeast, hosting the Escape with the Ark Challenge, in which children solve clues and tackle obstacles in their own hunt for the Ark of the Covenant. She's also available to speak to parents about helping children have zeal 
for the real presence and to church groups about ways to be an ambassador for the real presence. You can follow her on Facebook at The Treasure with a Face by Janine Zio or Janine Zio Ambassadors for Christ Real Presence. And her website is janinezio.com. Let me spell that. It's J-A-N-E-E-N-Z-A-I-O.com. Welcome again, Janine. Thanks for joining us on Sewing Hope. Oh, thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here. Yeah, you have a beautiful journey. I myself am also a retired homeschooling mom, and I, I have two children as well, two daughters in their uh, mid-20s. And so let's start out there. I mean, obviously, you have a deep devotion to your faith and to the Eucharist. How did that all begin for you? Because you were a homeschooling mother, and now you're in ministry. Well, thank you. Yes, it's a great question, because I feel like um, it's definitely has been a love being Catholic due to God's grace and my parents imparting the faith, seeing my faith. So I went to a wonderful Catholic grade school, but beyond eighth grade, I didn't really spend time learning the faith over the next 15 years. But then when I had my first child, I realized I needed to really learn the faith. This eighth grade level of understanding isn't going to cut it if I really want him to know the faith. So I joined a mom's group at our church and we read a lot of great books. Um, and then when I homeschooled my kids, that's when I learned even more because as I was teaching them, I was learning right alongside them. So it's been a great learning process for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, it's funny that we're having you as a guest now. I mean, God always works in mysterious ways because we recently had another guest, uh, Bishop Byrne, who they're coming into that year of the Eucharist. So yes. it's just so important for all of us um, to really understand, you know, this is not just a symbol, right? This is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. Um, now, when you were in your earlier life, um, what was your devotion like to the Eucharist? Because I know you said you kind of had that that zeal when you got a little bit older with homeschooling your kids. Um, did you have that awareness as a child as well? You know, I always had the head knowledge that is Jesus, but I didn't really embrace it with my heart and soul. And so about 20 years ago, I was sitting there thinking, why, if I really believe it's Jesus, why am I not metaphorically skipping up to receive him? Why am I going through the motions? And I prayed that God would give me the zeal. And within a day or two, a friend gave me the Lamb Supper by Scott Hahn. And that was the beginning of me embracing the Eucharist with my heart and soul. Yeah, that's an amazing book. Um, it really is. Uh, Dr. Scott Hahn, um, if you haven't read that book, really go and check it out, The Lamb's Supper. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you go to embrace the Eucharist, um, you know, and you go from the head to the heart with it, um, you know, maybe touch a little bit on were there any significant moments in that journey for you? Were there any moments that were that, you know, aha moment or that awakening moment during that journey um, for you? Or was it just kind of like, oh, I, I finally figured this out? Yeah, there was a couple of moments along the way that um, I didn't really even recognize at the time. So the, the book helped categorize me for sure. But I went to Medjugorje and at the time, my kids were very small. And my husband said, I'm going to go climb Cross Mountain. And when I get back, you can go climb Cross Mountain. I'm, I'm not supposed to climb Cross Mountain. I'm supposed to go to Adoration. And I had never been to Adoration before. I didn't know why. It was funny because there was a woman in there yawning like every 10 seconds. <laughs> it was very distracting. But I think the Blessed Mother was leading me to her son. And so that was a, a pivotal moment. And over time, I started having the desire to go to adoration. And now it's something that I just love. And 
it's one of those things, and you guys can probably testify to this. You walk in stressed out, like, oh my gosh, I'm so busy. And you walk out after an hour and you're just at peace. It's amazing what it does, what Jesus does. Yes, it really is amazing. And, uh, and for people who are watching or listening to this podcast, I just want to encourage them to go to your website. You have a really beautiful website at janinezio.com and to learn more about what you do and your mission. You know, it's, it's a great mission, really, because the, the Eucharist is that source and summit of our faith and really the most important reason to be Catholic because it is Jesus. It really is him. And so I wondered if you could talk a little bit about the work that you're doing right now, especially the Escape with the Ark challenge. Sure. Okay. So if you don't mind, I'm going to back up a minute because the reason the Escape of the Ark challenge came about is because I was, I'm doing a book launch. So what happened was I was trying to figure out how to give my kids zeal for the Eucharist. And as they became preteens, I got a sense of urgency because we have this beautiful non-denominational Protestant church in our town. And from the outside, it looks like a resort you'd find in Colorado. On the inside, they have praise music and a cafe that rivals Starbucks and fun activities for us would be invited to go there. And I had to make sure that they understood that the communion they're getting there is not Christ's presence. And I'm not slamming them by any means. They're very holy people, but they have Jesus present in the scripture and in the community, but it's different than Jesus' sacramental presence in the Eucharist what, that we all know right now, but not all people know. So anyway, I was lying in bed trying to figure out how to convey that to my kids. And being a homeschooling mom, I thought, I can't just give them a lecture. I need a story. So I started coming up with ideas how I could have this story to help them understand it. And that's what turned into my book, um, The Treasure with a Face. Although it took about five years. <laughs> my boys grew faster than the book did. But in any case, so um, through that book, I try to teach that Christ is truly present in the Eucharist, but I try to do it in a way that's not preachy. Um, it's really fun. It's about a 12-year-old boy who lives in ancient Israel. And he wants to be a treasure hunter, but his uncle wants him to be a metalsmithing apprentice. Well, then his uncle sends him on a journey to deliver his newest invention, which is a fragile mirror. Now, that's about 120 miles from where Eli lives. And Eli's clumsy, so it's going to be a tough mission. But Eli says, hey, this is my chance to become a treasure hunter, and I'm going to search for the ultimate treasure, the Ark of the Covenant. So as he goes about that search, it's dangerous, of course, because People say that flames used to shoot out the bottom of the ark, killing snakes and scorpions along the way. And we know from the Bible that people who touched it died. Um, and plus, it's been missing for hundreds of years during the time of Jesus. Nobody even knew where it was. So Eli says, I'm going to find Jesus and he'll help me find the ark. So it's through that process. Um, and I won't spoil the ending, but I can tell you that readers come to appreciate the fact that you don't have to live in ancient Israel to meet Jesus. He's alive in the Blessed Sacrament. Mm. Mm, thank you so much for sharing about your book. Now, where is the book available? I'm sure somebody's listening and thinking, hmm, I need that book. Oh, thank you. So it's on uh, perpetuallightpublishing.com and it's also on Amazon. And we're trying to get it into bookstores across the country. But I, yes. if you want me to talk about the, um, the challenge, the Escape of the Ark Challenge, I can. I know I kind of delayed that for a yes. second. Yes, no, I'm Perfect. glad you brought in the book because that's really an important part of why you're on this podcast. We want to get that awareness out, not only about what you're doing with your ministry and uh, promoting, you know, the real gifts of the Catholic faith, right? I mean, that's just the, the Eucharist, that the crown of, of what we believe. Um, but yeah, let's hear about the, the escape with the Ark 
challenge? I'd love to hear. Okay, so um, it's an experiential book launch in which kids get to search for the Ark of the Covenant themselves. So I set up props. Like you can see the one behind me is the um, temple in ancient Jerusalem. Obviously, it's not there anymore, but so they the children go around to different props like that and they have to solve clues. For example, one clue might have them go into the Colosseum. Another clue says, here's a scroll. So you have to find a die to make this the uh, message visible. Another clue says, um, you have to ask for directions. Are you going to ask a Pharisee or a Roman? And if they choose incorrectly, then they have to go to the Valley of Gehenna and dig through the garbage to find the next clue. So it's fun because they're immersed in ancient Jerusalem and it doesn't give away the ending to my book, but it kind of helps the kids want to read the book. As you know, um, you give your kids a book and they don't want to read it, right? Yeah. How often does that happen? <laughs> so I wanted the kids to experience the same thing Eli experiences, like growing, you know, going through a glowworm cave um, and then to want to see, well, does Eli find the ark? Um, who does he ask for directions? And so that's the kind of thing where after they go through the experience, then they can go ahead and read the book. Or if they read it beforehand, that's fine too. But it's a really fun time. Yeah, you know, that sounds like it. And uh, and it, I think it's so important too, to get kids reading, giving them an experience like that to, you know, spark their interest. Uh, I know that, um, you know, I have a, I have a eight month old uh, today. He's eight months old mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I read to him all the time, um, you know, as we do to little babies. Right. But um, as they grow up and get older, they, you know, sparking their interest is so very important. And so, you know, having activities, having fun, things like this uh, little escape to the arc or escape the arc challenge really helps, um, you know, draw people into reading and into the adventure because, you know, I always like to say, you know, with with radio and with uh, with with reading, the imagination is allowed to come alive, right? Like we can imagine if somebody tells you a story or somebody or, or you read that story, the imagination comes comes uh, fully alive, and nothing better to contemplate on than Jesus, the Eucharist. Um, you know, and these, and these great themes that you're pulling out. So, so thank you for, for being innovative too, and, <laughs> and doing some great stuff. Thank yeah. You. And it's a good word, innovative. It's exactly what it is. Um, I also would like to make a shout out to any catechists or archdiocese, diocese schools, because I do think this would be a great book for Catholic schools for, you know, religious education programs, prep, you know, whatever we want to call it. Um, what would you say would be the best age group for your book, just so that people know, like, what, what, what are the, uh, the boundaries there of ages that you think it's most appropriate for? I think it's nine to 13 year olds. Okay. Um, we've had older kids read it and enjoy it. In fact, we've had some adults read it and enjoy it. But I think nine to 13 is the best age. And there's a glossary in the back. There's vocab words on my website. There are questions and answers in the back. Um, and actually it's fun because my alma mater is actually reading it for their school. So that was a special moment because I just love the, the Catholic grade school that I went to. Wow. And it made, if you think about it this way, I know that you told me that that whole idea came to you like old when you were older, but you had that fond memory of the Catholic school that you went to. And obviously you're receiving the sacraments. So that's also beautiful how God worked right throughout your life from a young age and then through the homes, homeschooling with your boys yes. and then into, you know, adulthood. And I'm sure that you're making a big impact uh, on your family and on other people that know, you know, that you, how much you care, you know, that shines through 
how God and the Holy Spirit has worked through your life to be able to bring that message. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, it's one of these things where um, most critically, I want my boys to have zeal for the Eucharist. And I think for all of us parents, that's the biggest concern because once they love the Eucharist, you can't leave the Catholic church for games or lattes at another church. And I think it comes down to besides catechizing them, they have to choose for themselves and they have to choose to have the faith and to believe. And it's an ongoing process of being mindful. You know, every time we're entering a church, every time we're receiving the Eucharist, it's truly Jesus. So it's, it's just something we have to keep praying for, for our, our kids and our, you know, parishes really for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I, I wonder if, you know, you can, we, we have such an amazing diverse audience um, when it comes to this podcast, we're always surprised who's listening. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> when we, uh, <laughs> when we first started, we had people from India who weren't even Christian listening uh, to the podcast. Um, wow. And so we're, so we're always surprised at who's listening. So I, I wonder if you would um, maybe just give a little bit of um, the, the, um, background as to why the Eucharist is, is so, so important for people who might be struggling in their faith. You know, and we, I, I just read the article the other day, again, that said 69% of Catholics sitting in the pews do not believe in the real presence of Jesus. So clearly this is a, you know, epidemic of unbelief in the church. Um, and so, you know, what, what do you say to somebody um, who is questioning this or, you know, looking at it from, from a skeptical point of view? That's a great question. I think there's a lot of things they can do because it's not just about faith. There is reason that can come into play. We have um, Old Testament foreshadowing of the Eucharist. We have New Testament ref- New Testament references. We have the writings of the saints and even saints going back to the very early church who talked about the real presence, who got the information straight from the apostles themselves. So I think the best thing to do is kind of start to get catechized, become catechized. And there's a lot of great books out there. Uh, one of them is um, Brant Petrie, uh, Jewish Roots of the Eucharist. And I love how he talks about what the Jewish people were expecting from the Messiah and how it relates to what Jesus fulfilled with the Eucharist in many ways. So I think that's a good start. Um, I'm trying to remember um, some of the other books I read, but anything by Scott Hahn is going to be amazing. I, I just think, I, going back to your point about, you know, only 31% of Catholics believing in Christ's real presence is interesting because not all of them are rejecting church teaching. Some of them haven't been catechized like we were talking about, and they actually te- think that that's what the church teaches, that the body and blood are, are actually, that the bread and wine are just symbols. And so those 43% are the ones that we can focus on as well, because that's just catechesis, but we can catechize in a lot of fun ways. In fact, I give a talk to um, how to instill zeal for the Eucharist with your children. And I have a lot of fun ways from the time kids are little to the time they're high schoolers to kind of just increase you know, their appreciation for the Eucharist. So I can talk about those at some point if you'd like. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. Um, and we would like you to. I was looking at your website and you say encouraging devotion to the real presence can be quite an adventure. So on top of what you're about to tell us, can you tell us what was it like for you to write this book? Because I'm sure it was an adventure for you too, and the development of everything. So please do tell us. Oh, thank you. It was enjoyable because I was immersed in ancient Jerusalem 
which I think is just a fascinating place. Um, it's one square mile with 90,000 people in it. And when Passover occurs, historians say there could be a, a million people in Jerusalem. And they have all these really neat buildings, the Colosseum, the temple. And, um, and then you have the Roman presence there, the Roman towers kind of spying down. So that was really fun to get immersed in ancient Jerusalem. And um, I think it's just an adventure to experience different things. So I was experiencing some of, in my imagination, of course, some of the behind the scenes events of the Bible. And most of my characters are fictional, but I have a few actual Bible characters in there. So to think about how they would act and their facial expressions and kind of bring them to life, that was really fun. Yeah, adventure is is a real, um, I think it's a good attribute, especially when you're trying to evangelize young people, because this is another avenue for them to be entertained in a positive way that's all about faith, right? I mean, yes. because they can turn to other things. Um, and I know this is like a side note question, but were you always sort of a creative person in terms of imagination? That's really beautiful, I think, how God is oh. using that talent of yours. Um, because I could tell you now, I mean, that's definitely not one of my talents is, <laughs> is that, you know, imagination and creativity in to that extent, you know, but, but I just think it's beautiful when I watch it in other people. Oh, you have many gifts and so Thanks. <laughs> all different gifts. Right. But, yes. um, you know, it is one of these things where I never really felt like I was a writer. Um, they say every writer kind of has this complex where they don't feel like a real writer because for real writers, it must come easy. We all have to work at it. You know, the rest of us just have to work and struggle. And so um, the, the brainstorming part was really fun for me. And I tried to inject some humor into the story and make the kids relatable. So even though they're living 2000 years ago, you know, they still have the same coming of age struggles. They still joke around. They still have a competitive streak. So I was trying to get in the head of, you know, a 12 year old boy who's adventurous despite you know living 2000 years ago he's not that different from us so that part was fun but it, it takes a lot of time to kind of come up with those ideas and the the trouble is with humor you're writing it and you're going i don't know if that works on paper you know you don't have an audience there immediately laughing or being like wait i don't get it so that part was always a little bit difficult and it again it took me five years to write it but i hope that kids enjoy it and that the humor really comes through hmm I think humor is so important for all of us, all ages, right? Because it's the way um, I, I really believe the Holy Spirit works in humor and good humor, right? Not, not humor that's offensive, but right. in really good, wholesome humor. And, and I think that'll keep people coming back, right? Once they read your book and they, they like that whole idea of the humor there, you know, they're going to come back for more for your next book. And, and I, I just think what you're doing is really amazing. How has it been for you just interacting with those people who have uh, read your book and, and have gotten so much from it? I'm sure it's really interesting when you get to meet people that say, hey, that was really cool. That's so interesting, the work that you're doing, and it's helping my family. It's been fun, uh, especially with people who are fallen away Catholics, mm -hmm. um, some friends of mine and who read the book. And. I don't know yet what, what fruit will come from it, but I planted a seed and we'll let God um, do the harvest. But it's been fun to have those people read it all the way through mm -hmm. and um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, now what's to come here? We're, you know, we're in January right now. We're taping this January, 2022. And, um, you know, you're on a journey, not only with uh, what you're doing with your writing, but also with the escape that you talked about. Um, what, 
is there anything new that's going on this year that you want to let our, our audience know about that they should keep an eye? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm doing the True North Book Club with Aaron Brown Conroy. So what happens is we go ahead and we record sessions. A host and I talk about each chapter of the book. And then we talk about behind the scenes events when we wrote the book, author secrets, and we kind of turn it into a language arts program because we talk about literary devices and vocabulary words. And so kids from around the world can tune in and watch this book club online. So that'll be coming out in the spring. Um, I'd love to speak to homeschooling conferences or Eucharistic conferences. As we talked about a little bit, I, I talk about helping kids have zeal for the Eucharist, but I also do a talk on 40 ways to be an ambassador for Christ's real presence, because I think there's things all of us can do every day, just little things to help promote Jesus. Um, one of my Facebook pages is called Janine Zio Ambassadors for Christ's Real Presence, because I feel like that's a way to kind of just create a ripple. You know, we might post a saint's quote or an upcoming um, event, but again, just create a ripple with people who we're not going to see in church, but who we're friends with, um, you know, within our social media circle. And then, of course, like we talked about um, the Catholic Bishops Conference starting this three-year Eucharistic revival, I can't wait to see what that's going to entail. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there, there is so much going on. There's such a hyper focus on the Eucharist right now with what our uh, bishops have been doing across the United States um, and, you know, having this special focus. So I think you're really set up um, nicely and positioned perfectly uh, for this time and season in the church, Janine, so that you can reach into hearts and souls and minds um, and, and just inspire them to love the Eucharist and, and love Jesus. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, when I, when I talk to teens uh, about the Eucharist, I always like to say that, you know, Eucharistic adoration is beautiful and there, and there he is, right. You know, you know, in, in all his power and glory and beauty, um, you know, there's our God, you know, displayed in this monstrance. And then, but then think about what happens on Sunday, you know, then mm -hmm. just think about what happens on Sunday. Not only does he want to be 10 feet from you, he wants to dwell with inside of you and he wants to become part of you sacramentally so that you can then go out and become him in the world. And so um, you're, you know, you're doing amazing work and, you know, sparking that creativity um, with the with the book and uh, everything that you're doing. So, so thank you so much for for all all that you're doing for the church. Um, you know, and, and definitely folks, please reach out to Janine, head over to her website, janinezio.com so that you can, um, get in, get in touch with her. I, I'm sure all the contact information is there on, you know, how to bring her out to your parish and, you know, everything that you could possibly want is on that website. Right. Yes. Thank you so much. That was beautifully said, Bill. Yeah. No, yes, no. Bill. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to bring up one more thing before we're ending pretty soon is that on your website under resources, you mentioned Blessed Carlos Acutis, a successful young ambassador for Christ's real presence. He's, you know, one of my favorite saints or up to up and coming saints, right? Wonder if you could share a little bit about him because he is such a good role model, isn't he? For the yes. Eucharist and also for young people. Yes, absolutely. And he is the one that I, one of several saints that I pray to for intercession to help me make this book fun because of course he's going to know how to make a, children's book interesting. So Carla was amazing. Um, I loved how he started going to daily mass as a young child, as soon as he received his first Holy Communion, he called the Eucharist his highway to heaven. And he said, we don't have to go to Israel to meet Jesus. He's alive in the Blessed Sacrament, which I had kind of already written in my book as a theme. And to hear him say it, it was just amazing. 
the wisdom of that young boy and the holiness, the desire for the Eucharist and love for Eucharist. And I actually have his book, the Vatican International Exhibits on Eucharistic Miracles. So he cataloged all the Eucharistic miracles of the world. He was a big programmer and web designer. And then it was made into this exhibit, which you can bring to your own parish. It's very easy. And then the Vatican made it into this book. And you can take a page and read, you know, one miracle out of 150 to your better than them reading about magic in another book. They can really hear about authentic miracles. So I love Carlo Kudis. Mm, so great. Thank you for sharing on that. Now we're coming to a close with, is there anything that you'd like to say to our audience? Um, any, just anything else about your ministry, your book or anything going on this year? Wow. Um, I feel like the, the most exciting thing is in promoting Jesus in any way that you can, uh, whether it's with strangers, your children, family or friends who might be on the verge of falling as those signs and please reach out to them in all the ways that you can to kind of help them realize that Jesus truly presence. Um, as far as the escape with the art challenge, if anybody wants me to come to their parish, if they live within four hours of Charleston, South Carolina, just go to my website and we can set up a time I can come and travel to their homeschooling group, their church parish, their school. So I'm happy to do that. And any other website uh, or any other updates will be on my website. So thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed talking to you both. Thank you so much, Janine. Uh, and again, everybody head over to JanineZio.com for all the information about Janine and her books and her talks and everything that uh, she has going on. It's so busy, uh, I'm sure, Janine, but thank you again uh, for really being here and uh, look forward to having you back because I'm sure you, you'll be doing more great stuff for the church. <laughs> thank yes. you so much. Thank you for all you do for the church. You're a blessing to so many. Thank <laughs> you, Janine. And thank you from, from our audience and from myself too. God bless. God bless you. Take care. All right, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Heart Ministry, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into those broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or Andy Santos too.